0: Hello and welcome to the Ocean Rowing Club podcast, where each week I will talk to a past ocean rower to get their unique view on the ocean rowing experience. My guest this week is Bella Evers. Hello, Bella. Please introduce yourself.
1: Hi, Alex. My name is Bella Evers. I'm 54 years old. I live in the Netherlands and was born in the UK. I took part in the Talisker Whiskey Atlantic Challenge 2020 as part of a four-lady crew, team named Duchess of the Sea. We rowed the Atlantic Ocean in 54 days and 20 hours. We like to
0: start with the big one. Why did you want to row across an ocean?
1: Well, I came across an article about four mums who'd rowed the ocean, the team Yorkshire Row, and that really inspired me about wanting to row across an ocean. I had only just started river rowing and I signed up for Dutch Coastal Rowing that same evening. After about a year, uh, an acquaintance of mine approached me looking for a teammate to take part in the Talisker Whiskey Race. And I thought, well, this is exactly what I was aiming to do, but just not knowing when and how and when the time would be right and it was spot on. It came at a right time in my life, and I just said absolutely a big yes to the whole adventure. I mean, I love adventure, and this was just something that just complements, you know, the kind of wanting to do more out of life and grabbing the opportunity and making the most of it. And yeah, life is too short, so just do it. Tell us the top three highlights of your crossing. Yeah, everything was a, a big highlight and uh, difficult to choose. But um, nature, that was absolutely on top of the list and I'm sure for everybody too. So I still remember the time when we saw our first whale. Um, I was rowing with Remke and dawn was just breaking and the lights of the sun were just coming out. And then in one go, you hear this, psh, you drop your oars and look around and you see a whale not so far away from the boat spurting water and it was just magical. And he uh, went back into the water and appeared in a totally different random place as if he was playing hide and seek. It was really, really, really funny. And then the rest of the day, we saw another two sightings of whales, two different species as well. So it was the start of a a really special day. And another second uh, memory was when uh, I was uh, brushing my teeth, as I normally would do in the evening shift. I would rinse my toothbrush into the seawater, but this time, when I took my brush out of the out of the sea, out jumped a fish, which startled me at first, and I thought, "Wow, what's this?" Uh, Realising it was a fish, I uh, started to uh, play around to see if the, the the fish would follow the toothbrush, and it did because I was dipping my toothbrush in and out and in and out, and you'd see this fish just jumping in and out and following this toothbrush. It was kind of a pretty funny. And then lastly, I think it has to be the waves, surfing the waves. I mean, yeah, I felt like a little kid in a roller coaster. It was really, really uh, fun to do and trying to catch as, as, as the fastest knots as possible. Yeah, it was a, a, a very special moment as well.
0: What was the hardest part physically and what was the hardest part mentally?
1: Yeah, staying awake was pretty harsh. I mean, we were being tricked by the brain in many, many ways. And that was kind of amusing with the hallucinations. Um, But towards the end, we were waking up way before the alarm would go. And it was just like, "Mm," even our brains are playing up on us during our sleep. So it was uh, pretty, pretty um, impressive to see how the brain works that way. And then resilience. I mean, we had a lot of setbacks, setback after setback. It started with our outer helm, which was playing up on us in the first week, and it just continued. We had our plates, iron plates, holding our ore gates, uh, bending. We had our solar power issues. Our water maker totally broke down, and we had to hack the system and get it repaired only just. We had issues with our steering rope and our rudder, um i mean it st- it just continued and continued and then when uh, our auto helmet helm totally gave up on us i had to break the news and you could feel that despair um the atmosphere totally sunk and you know you just got to keep on going and you know that you have no option um we managed to stay focused and uh, achieve the end game so it taught us a lot of resilience and, and i think yeah the, the the mental challenge was probably far greater than than the physical
0: Excluding people and pets, which three things did
1: you miss most while you were at sea? Fruit. Fresh fruit, definitely. I missed having that taste of uh, an orange or an apple. I mean, I could take a a tin of peach or pineapple with me, but it just did not do justice. I mean, when it's sweltering hot and you're having freeze-dried food day in, day out, that's the one big thing that you really, really miss. And you know, when we got back on land, that's something that we ordered alongside our burger. So, oh, it tasted absolutely wonderful. And besides that, I also miss my family, not in the tearful way or emotional way, but more in the way that you wanted to share a story. You really wanted them to be there to understand exactly how you're feeling. I and mean, you'd be on the satellite phone trying to explain, you know, how the conditions are or how you're feeling and know, whizzing off waves and, uh, but the only way to really explain it is for them to be there. And that's kind of that, that moment that you just want them to have a little glimpse into your life and be there at that moment just to share that experience. Um, you know, you can't get that message across just by telling them. It's really to be part of that experience that that I kind of miss. And, you know, it stays with you. It'll be something special to you, absolutely. But just to share that experience would would have been nice. And, you know, the only way to to do it is to to probably take your family with you next time now. But seriously, just... To be on the ocean and to experience it is, is is the best way to get the story across. I think, you know, all rowers will understand that, you know, you can tell people all about what you've done, but you just don't get that whole message across until you really have done it yourself.
0: How much training did you do
1: before the row? When we signed up, I was probably doing about three to four hours of sports uh, every week anyway, and up the game to about an hour every day. Uh, it was probably about a year before departure when I was doing anything between two and three hours uh, a day. And that varied from cycling to rowing, running, weights, uh, cardio, you name it, I did it. I loved it. And unfortunately, eight months before departure, I actually suffered from a hernia. And it was during times of COVID, so getting an operation organized was pretty tricky. Luckily, I was uh, seen to and uh, operated on uh, which meant a recovery time of about 12 to 14 weeks which was slightly longer than what I had expected. It was really frustrating. But luckily, uh, about the month of August, just before um, uh, four months before departure, I started to row again and started slowly, three times five minutes, and it just kind of increased every day managed to do the 24 hour row and accomplished all the rowing hours that needed to be done. So really, really lucky that was kind of just in time management. Uh, I mean, where there's a will, there's a way. And feel really, really, really happy to have achieved um to to get through all the the frustrations. Uh, but made it. And if uh I was to do this differently, I guess I probably would have a, a team coach. We did all our sports individually. And having that team coach to get us through the, the, the program as, as a group and having like team goals also offshore and onshore would have been actually something that I would do differently for the next time. So who knows for the next time.
0: Did you suffer from any injuries, sores, nasties or sickness?
1: Yeah, the first week was tough. Um, I had a little bit of nausea and was we'll seasick once but the patches seemed to do the trick uh, after the end of the first week and got my appetite back and that was really needed as I was shedding weight quite rapidly and towards the end of the journey I got blisters on my bottom and that was pretty sore and had to keep it aired and putting cream on it and despite the things that you could do it never really helped and even had rolled up a, a towel to use as a, as a padded hollow cushion. But despite everything and all the pain, you just carry on. You have no choice and, you know, that's part of the deal. That's what you sign up for. Can you think of three songs which remind you of your row? Music was really special out on the ocean. I mean, every lyric, uh, every moment was that much more magnified and, yeah, everything was really special on the playlist. Uh, I think there's three that kind of just bring to mind right now in terms of that song. That moment was just fantastic. Um, and this moment was, uh, when the sun was setting and the sky colors were were changing, the water was completely quiet and still. It was just like a mirror. And then on my playlist, I had Clonad from, uh, Harry's theme and that was playing in the background. It just kind of set the scene. It was just really, really magical. Very special moment, and another special moment, uh, or should I say, special song was from Friar Writings, "Lost Without You," and this song was also coming out of my playlist, and would be playing on the the boombox, and it was gave me at least goosebumps every time I'd listen to it. it Remind me of home at times, but also towards the end, thinking about being lost without the sea and yeah, it was very meaningful in in, in different ways. So a a gorgeous song. And then the last song um, was from Top Loader. It, Set the scene at night I mean When the moon was out And this was playing From my uh, playlist It was just Like the song That moment Gave me so much energy I just wanted to Stop And just dance I mean A song like this Fantastic
0: Yeah
1: And we just had to keep on rowing, but it gave me a lot of energy. I mean, when the moon was out, it kind of, kind of lit up a path in front of you, uh, especially when the water was quite quiet. It was so beautiful and magical. And that kind of stays with me. And again, every time I listen to this song, it reminds me of that moment. Um, and that's the beauty of the music. It kind of reminds you of like certain moments, really, really, really powerful. And yeah. Besides those three, I think a couple of shout outs. I mean, my son, he also wrote a couple of songs and that gave me a lot of encouragement when I'd listen to it. And it was really lovely to, to hear his voice. And I had also a playlist for a friend of ours, Dania. And Dania was suffering from ALS um, and she unfortunately lost her battle against this horrendous disease just before us leaving for um, Lagomera. And I actually got a playlist put up with her songs. And every time we'd play it, at least for me, it gave me that kind of thought of about her, but also gave me the motivation to row that extra, extra mile. It was really powerful. Um, Yeah, and very, very special. So yeah, music was yeah a, a, a beautiful thing to have with us. Uh, I mean, I probably wouldn't Never do such a race without any kind of music because, yeah, that really keeps you going. Did you suffer from any post-adventure blues? Well, that whole coming home was a big experience. I mean, it started feeling totally ecstatic seeing your loved ones. Um, In fact, we only had one person uh, in Antigua to welcome us due to COVID. And that was something we had to deal with. And then the euphoria, that didn't last too long. We were told the next morning we were disqualified, which was a big, big blow. I was absolutely heartbroken and it took me quite a while to overcome. In fact, my time in Antigua was harder than my time out on sea. And of course, then you have the blues. I mean, you miss and you long for the sea again quite quickly. After two years of intensive preparation, you fall into this big black hole, not knowing what's next, also being very reflective and having that bluesy feeling. You know, you want to avoid all that light and sound that you have on land and just go back to that tranquility and that simple life. It was absolutely amazing. And it's just a matter of time before you overcome that and start to cherish everything and move forwards. I mean, it's a very gratifying experience. Uh, And it took me at least three to four months before I landed and acknowledged the fact that, you know, I had even rode an ocean. But you take all those memories with you and move forwards and look forward to the next thing. I mean, it can be something small, something beautiful, something with a family. It doesn't really matter. So it was just a matter of time. And time is the biggest healer. Um, and now looking forwards and even over and beyond and into the next adventure. So who knows? What advice do you have for future ocean rowers? The advice I'd really give to ocean rowers is prepare like crazy. It really doesn't really matter how prepared you feel. Just go into that little detail of knowing how it looks like within your autopilot. Just take everything apart and put it back together and, you know, have a plan B, a plan C. Think of every single scenario through and through. Yeah, just be prepared. I mean, you can never be over-prepared for something like this because, you know, there may be something that you come across that you never even thought about but you know who more prepared you you, you get on board that much better your race will be to be honest i'd also say have goals and have really clear clear goals that's aligned with the whole team from that first moment you become a team yeah you may change that goal but um keep on communicating with each other and keep on being aligned and you know going for that 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 one team dream that you want to accomplish and, and do it in a way where everybody's comfortable. It shouldn't be a one-man race, but it should be a team race. And on top of that, I'd say enjoy. Enjoy every single moment, even the hard times, because, you know, those hard times is, is where you learn from. But um, at that moment, you probably think, oh, I'm not enjoying this. But to be honest, enjoy it, because that's part of the whole journey. And finally, would you do it again? The ocean is an amazing place and I miss it immensely. It's actually made me more curious about how our planet is formed and about the different oceans. So would I do it again? Yes, most probably. And thinking about doing the Pacific Ocean Race. Huge thank you
0: to Bella for sharing her story and all of her advice. And for having a slightly easier name to pronounce than her teammate, I remember reading about the disqualification when it happened and I was absolutely gutted for them, but the fact they crossed an ocean is something that can never be taken away and they should all hold their heads high. If you're an ocean rower and would like to share your story, get in touch, theoceanrowingclub at gmail.com or via Instagram at theoceanrowingclub. If you are enjoying the podcast, don't forget to rate and review and give it five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and like, share and recommend it to all of your friends. And don't forget to join us again next week when we cross the Atlantic blind. Toodle pip!